Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Welcome back to Upfront. I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Today, we welcome a referee onto the pod for the very first time. Georgia Ball is an assistant referee in the WSL and a referee in the championship. She also ran the line for last year's FA Cup final, and last month she was made a FIFA-qualified referee, making her eligible for international fixtures and major tournaments. Georgia is also involved in Breaking Barriers, which is all about sending referees out into the community and inspiring the next generation. She's been there and done it, so from online abuse to how decisions are made on the pitch, we're going to find out what it really takes to be a top-level referee in the women's game. Well, welcome to Upfront, Georgia. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you on the pod. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. Um, I'm going to start with the age-old question. Who would want to be a referee? I want to know what made you want to be a referee. Yeah, so, I mean, originally, I won't lie, it was for a bit of pocket money. Um, I was 14. My family loved football. I used to play football, albeit badly um before taking up refereeing and and it's one of those things and it's one of those questions where you think I don't really know the answer um you almost you fall into it um I got into it and then I just loved being involved back in the game and 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 the life skills you kind of get from it as well um obviously being 14 and quite a quite a small person at the time um the confidence and stuff that you get from refing that you can kind of take into life, which as a female in sport is 
is a difficult environment to be in at times and and to kind of get that confidence through refing was great and then it's one of those things that you just you just fall into and then you can't fall out of and you just because you just learn to love it and obviously with the game now like growing like the the games that I've been involved in and and now I'm involved in like professional football which like I say I played and I was never going to play professional football so to be involved in professional football and get to go to some of the stadiums that that we get to go to now um yeah it was kind of like a no-brainer to to carry it on now now I'm a bit older I think it's probably something we forget as people who watch football and it's something I definitely recognized when I came up to join you at your training session back in March and I was there taking photographs is like in the same way that a lot of us started I don't know covering football for example Mm. because it was a passion and something you really loved and then it became a job and I, I could really feel that in the room as well with a lot of people you were all really passionate about refereeing and football yeah and I think that's it and I I think we are almost like the forgotten team and like we love it we love football and and at the minute yeah it's not our jobs but we're also professional and I mean like you say you came to the camp and, and the work that the girls put in across the board we do it because we love it and we want to see the game grow as much as anybody else and it it really is we all started as fans of football I remember watching England ladies on the telly as like a 14 year old girl and and even just before I started refing kind of at that level like watching the Euros and watching World Cups and and now we're out with those girls every weekend and it is it's surreal for us and and the games that we go to are massively about the two teams on the pitch but there's almost that element that like we're almost in awe as well like we still feel so lucky to be involved because we are essentially all football fans. I will get on to some of the big games you've been involved in, but I guess a lot has changed since you were 14. Rules are changing, for example. You know, we're seeing this season, obviously, more cards are being handed out um, than ever before in the WSL with the introduction of the Participant Behaviour Charter, which is obviously targeting things like dissent and time-wasting and stuff. Why do you think, like, was that an, it's an important step, I guess? Why do you think that was such an important step, in your opinion? Yeah, I think it's really important for, like, the image of the game. I think... As referees, we work alongside the clubs and the players and managers and we're all working together to make the game the best we can make it and to ensure that we see as much football played as possible and to make it enjoyable to watch, but also for it to be played in the correct manner. And to be fair, everyone's really bought into it and I think we can see it working and I think like everything, every new law that comes in, there's teething problems and there's bound to be because, like you say, it's it's ever-growing and it's ever-changing. But I think we all see it as a really positive move and and that's right through from players, managers and the referees. And I think we as referees still have a really important responsibility to ensure that it all starts on field and that's controlling the game and maintaining relationships with players and clubs and management to build trust in our decisions initially. Um, But I think it's a really important step to really keep football growing and, and, and make it the game we want it to be and I still think we have that kind of ability to to shape the game in a positive way how has or has it changed the way you officiate at all I don't think it's changed how we officiate I think it's made us more aware and I think it's actually bettered our officiating because we're more we're more aware that it's it's there 
but it just means that we're trying to build more on field so that we don't have to get to the point because we don't want to be dishing cards out like it's not our goal when we go on the game like let's ha- let's see how many cards we can kind of give out so to us it's then right what can we do on field with building relationships and with game control and player management to ensure that we don't have to do it but by still getting the objective of making the game as positive as we can um I know it's it's unfortunately something that's growing in the game, um, not just for players, but for referees as well, that kind of abuse that is directed um, towards you as a, as a ref. And your first season, I'm right in thinking, uh, in the WSL was during the COVID season. So you kind of yeah. didn't have to deal with fans <laughs> for a little Very while. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you deal with that? Is that something you discuss when you guys come together at your um, your training sessions and stuff like that? Yeah, so we're really, really lucky. Like, we have so much support from the PGML, um coaches, sports psychologists, sports scientists. So obviously the sports scientist helps with the on-field performances, but then coaches and sports psychologists are helping with that increased scrutiny, which it was bound to come because we all know that the game's growing like massively over the last few years. And, and with that comes scrutiny because it means more to people. And we love to see the growth and we love to see how much fans are involved and it's difficult because for every one negative comment, there's hundreds of positives. But like anything, we focus on the negatives because it's it's within us, isn't it, as people, is we go straight for the negatives. Um, but we're so lucky with the support we get from PGML. And also, like, I mean, you went to camp. You can see how close-knit we all are. And obviously, I can only speak personally, but I'm really lucky with my family and, and my partner and, and my friends who I can go to after games if, if I need a chat. But at the end of the day, like, unfortunately, we are human and and these mistakes will happen and we don't go out to make them intentionally like players don't. You know, players make mistakes and and they get the scrutiny as well. And the mistakes are bound to happen. And we have access to the performance insights and coaches to to make us get to this highest level that we can. But mistakes are inevitable and... And we love the game as much as anybody else. And, and we, we're trying to kind of maintain this this kind of growth that's just massive. And and like I say, mistakes will happen. And it, and it is, we are getting more and more support to, to combat the scrutiny when, when it does come our way. I know sometimes players talk about like, they don't really hear the fans, especially when it's a really noisy game. Is it similar for you where you're kind of like, you're so focused and switched on to what's happening on the pitch that you don't really hear the noise behind you yeah it's it's almost like there's so much other things going on obviously we have our headsets in so we can speak to the to the referee and, and the fourth official and and then you're concentrating on a tight offside decision and and it's almost there's noise but it, it is just noise and it's it's I couldn't tell you what's said ever really in a game um and it's it is it is normally the the kind of online stuff afterwards that that is more of a problem because you can't you, it's harder to ignore because it's it's on a screen, it's right in front of you. Whereas at a game, it, it just becomes noise. Put us in your shoes during a match because I know we've talked about the hundreds, if not kind of thousands of decisions, I suppose you're making in that 90 minutes. You've got your headset on, you know, you're talking, and that's something maybe I, my eyes were open to a little bit at this training camp was listening to the conversation between the three of you and the fourth official as well. And you know, put us in your shoes in that respect. What's it like when you go on? Do you constantly talk to each other or or what's it like? Yeah, I mean, 
the, the comms are quite, I mean, they're relatively new for us as a, as a group. We've not had them for like years and years like the guys have. And it took some getting used to because you go from just, just quiet to now every decision is, is discussed. Um, I think I expected it to be more of a discussion and talking all the time. But as much as we talk through decisions, we're very mindful that we've not got long to make these decisions. So it we, we train, like you saw at the camp, it's all very clear and concise. It's it's one word three times so that we know what's happening. Um, and I think, to be fair, players and managers really get on board with it and they understand now that it is no longer just the referee making the decision or the assistant making the decision. Sometimes we do need like a jigsaw and I might have half of the piece, but I need the referee to tell me what the other half is. Um, and it, it does add another element of almost difficulty to the game. And I think when people listen to it, I know obviously you heard it at camp and I know Football Focus have done a few bits where you can hear the comms. And everyone I've spoke to said, that to me was like incredible because how you run the line and speak to somebody and make a decision. And I think it was really good for people to, to educate people on that because it almost gives people a bit of an insight into what we do for... 90 plus minutes on a on a Saturday and Sunday yeah it's something um, I know people often compare it to rugby it's something I really enjoy when you can hear the decision because it, it's almost like things just kind of flow quicker because you're like all right yeah that makes sense that makes sense I get I've really enjoyed those football focus pieces where you kind of go behind the scenes a little bit yeah um you've touched on you know the game getting bigger and how much you're enjoying that has it become harder as the game's gotten bigger or you know were the, the grassroots gigs more difficult yeah, it's 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 a strange one because on paper it sh- it should get harder, but I think as the games get harder, we're getting better. Um, our support as the game grows, our support grows. So we have access to so much now that we didn't have access to a few years ago. Like I say, the pretty much on demand sports science and sports psychology support that through a quick text on WhatsApp, we've set up a Teams meeting, we've set up a meeting, and we can chat through whatever we need. And the analysis of games, you know, we can go through now our full game with comms and listen to it and clip it and go to a coach and say, how can this be better? So even though the games are getting bigger and and the players are getting faster and fitter and technically better, we are keeping up with that. So the games, the, the pressure is obviously increased because the crowds are bigger, the stadiums are bigger, but... As, as like I say at the beginning, as fans of football, we almost like thrive off that. Like you walk out to a stadium and there's 40,000 people at the Emirates or whatever. And that to us is like, right, okay, it's game time now. Like we're like the players, like we, we kind of, we do thrive off the pressure. And I think as the game grows and we grow, it's quite nice to look back and go, yeah, like not that long ago, I was at grassroots. I mean, I bet it was only six years ago that I was kind of doing grassroots and it's just a completely different game. You you kind of can't compare the two. That You don't get the support at grassroots and sometimes that can make grassroots more difficult. But I think even in grassroots now, like referees are getting kind of mentored through to ensure that we're not going to be at this level of refing forever, unfortunately. Age will catch up with us at some point and we've got to ensure that there's people coming up through grassroots to to take our spots and, and be better than us going forward. I mean, yeah, I remember matches where you, like, you wouldn't have a fourth official and if you were running the line, you'd have to get down and, you know, you're doing the <laughs> yeah. subs and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, when I... Speaking of pressure, like, when you have to make a big decision in a big match, 
lots of fans. It's a bit like, I guess, a player stepping up over a penalty, right? But you don't have the time, I guess, in the same way they do to think about what they're going to do. It's it's much more high pressure. Well, it's both high pressure, but like you've a much quicker or shorter period to make that decision. Yeah, and I kind of feel like I keep banging on about it, but the training we do is is focused on that. We have split seconds to make a decision and it's it's purely what we see in front of us and we don't get the slow-mo after or we don't get to go back and do it again and we have to just make that call and alongside that like you say you've got the added pressure of however many thousand people in the crowd and however many thousands now that can watch at home which is great but we have had to work on that because for a lot of us we've we've not been used I mean like you say, my first season was COVID. I was walking out in empty grounds with no one shouting at me. And, and now we've got, you know, we're, we're often selling out the, the big stadiums, aren't we? And and it just adds another element to your decision making. It's like being sat at work and having 40,000 people shouting at you while you type on a spreadsheet. Like no one wants that, but we train for that now. And, and like I say, the support we get on that has meant that it's almost become the norm now and, and we almost don't really think about that now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Referees in the WSL are mostly part-time. 20% of the women's group now are full-time, which is great. Um, how do you juggle that with whatever other commitments you have? I know, I remember there were some there who were surgeons and, and all sorts and also doing um, refereeing. Yeah, yeah. So like I say, 20%, so I think there's 15 of us now um, that are on professional contracts. And I think that's only ever going to kind of grow and rise. Um, and although only kind of 15 of us have professional contracts the whole group are professional in in the approach to the game and and like you say you've got people who are surgeons teachers accountants (laughs) and and it's not as exciting as surgeons um 
but yeah, and we all do both. Um, there's a there's like a there's a few that are full time, but I think that just shows how committed that group is as a group of referees. You know, it's recently doubled in size. I think from the camp that you came to to the most recent camp, there's like thousands of us. Um, but that's because the game's growing. So as the game grows and evolves, we grow and evolve, and the groups got bigger. There's more diversity. So match officials coming into the group like have more role models to look up to. It's no longer just, I remember when I first joined the group, it was the FIFA girls. Whereas now it's the FIFA girls, but we've actually got guys there and we've got people from like ethnic minorities so that when people are coming into the group, they can see a role model and go, well, if they can ref on the Super League, like I can ref on the Super League. And I think that's great. And I think the regular training camps obviously mean that we can carry on that growth of, of professionalism and and the support staff just grows and grows and grows. Every time we turn up to a camp, there's a new sports scientist or a new sports psychologist. And and I think that shows the growth. But equally, there are we we do have to juggle it with, with commitments because as much as the game's growing, it's not going to grow overnight. So we have to accept that, yeah, we will get the contracts and they'll be part-time, but it's it's not an overnight fix. And for the time being... The surgeons will have to carry on in <laughs> surgery Monday to Friday. and uh, But again, I mean, we get the training plans and the sports scientists know what our kind of week looks like and can fit training around that. So they probably have a harder job with us because they have to kind of fit it around other commitments. But I think it does just show how professional the, 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 like the group is and, and just how committed they are to kind of being the best officials we can be. And for our listeners' benefit, that training, I know, so you have camps and they were, you know, across kind of three or four days. You've got classroom stuff. You're out yeah. in the rain on the pitches. <laughs> I remember that much because um, yeah. I was out there with you. Um, for their benefit, what what does that look like? And then I guess outside of those camps, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, so the camps, uh, we have like four camps a year. So like you say, there's there's one in kind of March time. We have a pre-season, we have a Christmas and then we have a another one somewhere that October time um and yeah they're normally over kind of three days over the weekend so it's normally a weekend where it's international break so so there's no WSL games and and championship games to kind of miss out on and yeah a massive range of stuff as a group because we very rarely get together as a group we're all based here there and everywhere um so we're sitting in classrooms we do classroom sessions where we'll analyze clips um good and bad to learn from um there's kind of a very strong kind of ethos that no matter who's on that clip it's not it's not to kind of say this is what they've done wrong it is to learn as a group and everyone's really kind of in on that and it's it's really strong throughout the weekend and then there's like you say the practical stuff outside so whether that's uh, fitness testing which obviously we go through or whether it is just practical sessions where They've started bringing in a lot of sessions where we'll do like a high intensity session, but include some decision making. So there might be like a VAR type screen that we then go and have to make a decision after being put through a high intensity workout. So, and it's it's great to train as a group because like I say, we learn so much from each other and there's such a range of experience. Now the group's getting bigger. You've got people like Rebecca Welsh, who's obviously where she is now, which is incredible, down to people who may have, might be their first camp and the amount of stuff that you can learn from both sides um is great and then yeah outside of camps we have um bi-weekly teams calls so 
um, every other week, every other Thursday, we we drop on a call and and we analyse more clips um, again as a group and they're discussed and and learnt from, and then obviously our own match analysis which we do weekly and uh, clip bits and and go to our coaches and and discuss our own personal games. So we are like constantly training and and constantly striving for for improvement and and to to develop basically. Yeah, I remember that bit um, in the trainings when you were going through clips and some of you were in the room that were involved in it or involved in a decision that was wrong and then you discussed it and what was going through their head at the time. And yeah, that was, it's, it was really interesting, actually. Um, really interesting way of doing it. Um, you touched on it there. You've been at the Breaking Barriers events, um, which is all about inspiring the next generation. And you touched on kind of diversity and how that's growing um, at your PGMOL camps, which is brilliant. Do you think more women are trying to get into refereeing or, or what kind of do you think the barriers have been to that? previously yeah I think I mean there's never been a better opportunity to be a referee or a assistant a match official because it's it's so different but it's it's such a great role um like I said at the beginning I would never have got to go to the grounds and have the experiences as a player and kind of refing is the next best thing um you know four out of the five new fifa list for this year came from the women's group which i think shows the talent and the opportunities that are coming through for us and yeah i was at the breaking barriers event uh, at wolves uh, just the other night and you know i think a guy came up to me and said oh we've got our cup final evening next week and it's like the most amount of female officials we've ever had on cup finals in our county and i was like that's great cuz I remember when I first started, I was the only female referee that I knew of in this area. And there was others, but we just didn't know. And I think now people know, and it's not that, you know, by no means do we want to become famous or household names, but like your likes of Bex and Sean, who are household names, just means that there's people to look up to that we didn't have when we were younger. And I think had we had that, there'd have been more coming through. And I think now you can walk into a room and, and you know, there was quite a few like young females in the room on, on the other night. And I just think for them to have someone to resonate with and say, oh, well, if she can do it, like I can do it is great. And and that's across everything, whether it's, whether it's females, whatever the kind of group we're targeting, I think it's, it's just great now that, and, and even things like this, like podcast, who had podcasts before that, that <laughs> focused on on women's football? Like it just wasn't a thing. Yeah. So I think now for it to for it to be a thing is just great. Um, to go back to you, when what's maybe the hardest thing about refereeing that people maybe don't know about? I think for us, it's that expectation, and I think having played and refed as a player, if you misplace a pass. No one's massively kind of fussed. There might be a few like groans and grumbles, but you've got 90 minutes to kind of make up for that. If I get an offside decision right, there's like that expectation to be perfect. And like I said earlier, like mistakes will happen. But I think it's that expect, and it's probably an expectation we also put on ourselves. Like we go out and we're like, right, we're going to get every single decision right. And when you look back at the amount of decisions we make in a game, you think, I'm not actually sure that's like physically possible. And I think it is that, I think it's like we said at the beginning as well, it's that we're so just forgotten about, which, yes, it is football and we are 
like it is those two teams but we are also a team and we go out to be as good as we possibly can and it's almost like the forgotten team so I think we when we're out on that game it's it's us four against everybody and I think that's the hardest thing to get your head around but also when you do get your head around it it's quite a nice feeling to know that no matter what happens it's us four and no matter kind of what's happening on the game or in the crowd like you've always got your team of four um so yeah hardest thing but probably one of the best things as well it must be weird though it's almost like if nobody's talking about you then you've done it right <laughs> kind of yeah thing. and that's it it's like the best games are where people aren't talking about us and like it's always when you were in grassroots it was like if, if you came off the pitch and one of like the parents went oh we didn't even recognize you were there you were like yeah nailed it like which is weird because as a player you want everyone talking about you don't you and as a referee you're like there's no one mentioned does brilliant like we've <laughs> smashed it um can you tell us maybe about the single hardest game you've had to referee you know is it is it one where you see there's tackles flying in early and you think okay I've got a game in my hands here or is it a game that has big stakes behind it is, is that what makes it difficult yeah I think I think the games we kind of take each game as it comes and I think it's it's like the players we do our analysis and and we we look at kind of how teams set up for set pieces or like who presses where and but at the end of the day that can all change as soon as you step out onto the pitch so we've kind of got to be ready for anything and I think that's the hardest bit it's very much expect the unexpected I mean we've seen games where you'd expect one team to win and then they don't and that's the beauty of football but it's what makes it very difficult to to referee sometimes you might have a team that just field a completely different side to what you expect and all of a sudden all this all the planning you'd done pre pre pre-match is just just irrelevant because they've they've set up completely different and i think there's not a single most difficult game i think it is that difficulty of the constant change and the constant growth and and obviously like you mentioned the FA Cup final and and that was just sheer like we've never experienced that before so it wasn't kind of the fact that I mean, the game is what it is, but it was just the fact that all of a sudden it's like, right, you've got VAR, you've got a sold-out Wembley, like Prince William's in the crowd, as is your entire family. Like, no pressure, but just don't get anything wrong. (laughs) So I think it's sometimes those games where you put pressure on yourself because you think, this is really not the game where I need to be getting stuff wrong. (laughs) Speaking of that game, within the first 60 seconds, Man United had the ball in the back of the net. You flagged Elatoon for offside after the move was complete. This was also the first time VAR was in use in the Women's FA Cup. Talk us through how the whole process worked on that decision, for example, and how you communicated that. Yeah, so obviously before that game, having found out that we'd all got the game as a team, it was the training that we got given for the VAR was great. I mean, I think when you get given a game like that, you're already thinking, oh, that's big. And you kind of almost peak, like the FA Cup final in England is like the game that everyone wants. And like as someone who's, who hadn't been in the game for that long, really, to get that, you're like, wow, this is this is a big deal. And your family are like over the moon and everything. And then, then you get told this VAR and you think, okay, like this is different. And, and the amount of training we got on it was great. Um, we all, I think we're quietly confident that kind of we, we were happy um obviously probably didn't expect to be using it within the first minute um but 
I mean, like I say, I think when Football Focus did the thing, I, I was quite surprised at how calm we all sounded because that really was the first time we'd we'd used it in a in a proper game and, and for that to be the FA Cup final was kind of like added pressure. But as a team, like you can't be happier with a decision like that because we were all quite nervous, obviously, with the with the game being what it was, but for the decision to be kind of like, right, she's offside, but we're gonna wait and then you're kind of thinking, oh, it's gonna go in, isn't it? And then but then for the ball to go in and for us to know exactly what we were doing as a team and for those who have heard the the football focus piece for you know um the ref to to blow the whistle and the VAR check to be complete and just as a team even like Chloe the other assistant and Abby is fourth just their support even and you almost forget about it like looking back it's just one big blur but hearing it back i think as a team to get a decision like that right so early on in such a big game was like I think that just highlights the professionalism of us all and 60 seconds into the biggest game of our career in front of all those people first time using VAR and to just go actually that worked really well and I think it's one of those times where as refs we go you know what let's be proud of ourselves because if I'd scored a goal at Wembley I'd be buzzing and I feel like (laughs) this is like the referee equivalent and I don't think as refs we do that very well we do the oh we got this wrong how can that be better? We do that, we're great at that. But when we get something right, I think it's really important that we also go, actually, that's really good. And I didn't realise that the football focus thing was going to be done until it was done. And I was like, actually, that's really good because I think it shows people that when we get stuff right, that's how it works. And I think as a team, we were we were just, yeah, we were, we were just glad it was right, I think. <laughs> yeah, I remember that um, football focus clip. I'm glad they put it up but I I do I remember them being like to you in your ears great call great call like bang on and I love yeah. that that was quite quite sweet how you all yeah. support each other on the pitch um you were added to FIFA's assistant referees list at the start of the year so that means you're now eligible to officiate international fixtures um how does that feel yeah it's one of those people say it makes it worthwhile it's it's one of those moments I mean we've alluded to for for this chat we work so hard and and all that all the group do um you could give most of that room a badge um for how hard they work and for how professional they are and when you've worked so hard and your family have gone through it with you and your friends have gone through it with you and and now the amount of support we have at the PGML and because we are we're a big group but we're a tight-knit group so even to be able to like message the sports scientists and the sports psychologists and and kind of Bibi and your coach and say like we've done it like we've got the badge because that's what we all aim for and you know at 14 I wouldn't have said I wanted to be FIFA because I probably didn't even know what it was other than a than a game that my brother used to play but then as you kind of get there it becomes more achievable and then when you get it and you can tell your family who have driven you around before you got a driving license and who have stood in the rain and who've been there when you've come back in tears because you've got an offside wrong and and things like that like to be able to give them like the the pride that they can have as well is it kind of makes it all worthwhile you said in a, a Derbyshire Times interview that your gran watches every game you officiate and uh, that they your family were just waiting for you to go abroad really so they must yeah. be delighted yeah they're uh, they're, they're great and and like I say they do all the hard bit and they get the they get the wrath don't they when we get something wrong and we take it out on them and yeah my grandma will find 
every game, whether it's abroad or back home and whether it's easy to find on like Sky or BBC or whether she's got to watch it in Austrian because I'm away in Austria doing a game, she will find it. And and she was the first person I called when I when I got the, the FIFA badge and and yeah, to see like oh she was in tears to be fair, but oh. we were all crying. But <laughs> I think that's again what people don't realise. Like our family is so invested and rightly so they've had to go through games and games in the rain and and for them now to be able to watch us on the telly because of the growth of the game and then for something like FIFA to come along and and to be able to turn around to them and say you know those times where I told you I was never going to do it again <laughs> it's worth it now and yeah to make your family proud it's it's like the players isn't it like they want to walk out at Wembley in front of their family and and luckily my grandma got to come to Wembley when I was there and that's something that will kind of live with me forever and, and live with her forever and it's something that no matter what happens no one can take that away from us now I love that I think that's probably something we forget about as well that you've got proud family watching you perform on the big stage yeah. um, where do you want to end up as a referee what's the the dream gig oh that's a tough one because I it was always FIFA and now I don't really know where to go I think you know the game's getting bigger and, and to stay involved in the, in the WSL and the championship and, and women's football in general for as, for as long as possible. And, and obviously now, now with the badge to, to go and represent kind of the country, um, sounds, sounds big when you say it like that, <laughs> to go and represent the country and, and obviously a major tournament and, and Euros and World Cups and Olympics would be, it'd be great. And that's what we all kind of dream for now. But, um, yeah, just to, just to be able to carry on growing and I think like you say making your family proud and making all the all the support staff proud that put so much work into us and yeah I think I've got to say some kind of World Cup or Euros would be great but um, baby steps I've only just got the badge so I should start small. <laughs> well I mean you've ticked off one dream so that's a, a pretty good start Um yeah so yeah maybe we'll be seeing you at the next World Cup who knows wherever that ends know. up being fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. Somewhere um, warm and they'll, they'll love it won't they? <laughs> well ideally you know Australia was in the winter but we'll yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah hopefully we will see you at a, a major tournament Um we will no doubt see you in the WSL again Um but really appreciate you taking time to chat to us and chat through your training and how it all works and um yeah it's been great no thank you i've really enjoyed it so thank you for thank you for chatting to me thank you for listening chloe and i are back on tuesday to react to a huge weekend in the wsl including man united's trip to arsenal and of course the battle between the top two chelsea against manchester city in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and X. Chloe's at Morgie underscore 89. I'm at Girls on the Ball and we're at Upfront underscore pod. You can also find us on YouTube at Upfront Pod. See you next week. Upfront is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.